0: a few more moments. Hallelujah. Come on. Why don't we just take the next 30 seconds and give God great praise. Hallelujah. Somebody lift up the name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. In Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody shout, praise God. Amen. Nothing like being in church. Nothing like being in the presence of God with God's people. Amen. How many excited to be living for God? Hey, let me tell you, there's a whole lot of other things you could be doing. And most of them are not positive. Most of them would be something that you, as Brother Diaz said, the worst day, amen, in church is still better than your best day in the finest hospital. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a lot of other places that you and I could be, but God has allowed us to be in his house, to be worshiping him. Hallelujah. There's people in this building, you got a testimony of what you were before God found you. Amen. I think we ought to give God praise that God didn't leave us where he found us. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give God a shout of praise. It was the name above every name, the name of Jesus that saved us. It was the name of Jesus that healed us. It was the name of Jesus that raised us up. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost moving all up and down, amen, this building. Amen. thankful for what I feel. I mean, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38. Praise God. Let's remember to pray for each and every one of our brothers and sisters. There's some that are out uh, traveling as the summer is coming to a close, others that are out sick. We need to pray that God would touch them and bring them back to the house, Lord. Uh, in quick order, feeling well. God's already done great, mighty miracles for many of our church members, and we're going to pray and believe God to do more. Hallelujah. Amen. We are a church that doesn't just pray. We believe prayer works. Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38. Continuing on in our Bible study. You have heard it said, An eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, or don't resist the evil individual. Whosoever shall smite you on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. If any man sue you at the law and take away thy coat, let him have your cloak also. And if they sue you and they take your shirt, give him your, your coat as well. Give them your jacket as well. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with them too. Anybody ask me to go a mile? I don't think so. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says that a uh, it's an unrighteous person that runs when no one is chasing them. I'm just kidding. Praise God. Amen. If they compel you to go one mile, go two. Give to him that asks you and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Now, I hope every one of us in our spirit cringed a little bit through some of those statements because Jesus is giving us the ideal. This is what he would have us to be and what he would have us to do. That doesn't make it easy. It does make it right. It doesn't make it easy. Amen. But it is our job to take what Jesus has said, and as we build our lives upon his word, and upon the foundation of the apostles' doctrine, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, we take what he said and we metabolize it and we make it flesh. I believe with all my heart that what Jesus is taught and teaching through these scriptures will not only change your life, not only change my life, not only change the church, but I believe with all my heart it will change the world. If there will be a group that will take what Jesus is saying and really take it inside and make it part of who they are it will change not only the world but it will change your world and everybody said amen i want to teach us for a few moments on this subject matters of the heart part five everybody say the word revenge it rolls really nice off the tongue everybody say it again revenge amen amen god bless you. you may be seated in the house of the lord praise god You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus is going back and he is recounting to us the law of retaliation, retribution, if you will, revenge, and the law of restitution. Those are a lot of legal words. But the origin of what Jesus is reading and talking about is he's going back to Exodus chapter 21 and chapter 22. When it says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, the Mosaic law did in fact teach an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. This is accurate. But over time, religious teachers moved this commandment out of its proper place. It was the principle of retribution and restitution in civil government, in civil matters. And there were those that took these things out of context. They put them in the wrong sphere and they brought it into the personal world, into personal relationships. We read this today as many of the religious did back in those days. Many have even quoted it, and they've used it to justify their actions. After all, the Bible says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It is within my right to take revenge. It is within my right to get restitution. Amen. We read this the way they read it, that if they got my eye, it's my responsibility according to the Scriptures to get my poker, amen, out of the fireplace and go after their eye. Doesn't that sound like a great Christianity? Wouldn't you just love that? No, I don't think I'd like that because everybody in the church be wearing eye patches. <laughs> Somebody said, we always, it would be A R C B R, you know, <laughs> ark. <laughs> amen. They say an eye for an eye makes the whole world go blind. We start taking tooth for tooth, we're going to look like some folks from, well, I won't say where, Somewhere below the, well, hallelujah. We just look like we all related. Let's just put it that way. When your family tree ain't got no branches, it just goes straight up. That's what I'm talking about. I thank God that that's not really what the scripture's saying. Because in my flesh, I sure would love an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. How about you? Wouldn't you love, amen, in your flesh? Because we always think about the scripture from the standpoint of being the one that has been victimized. We never think about ourselves or put ourselves in the light of the victimizer because we always want to see ourselves as the hero of our own story. Everyone in this room, whether you like it or not, amen, as much as we try against it, has an ego, has pride. Every one of us views ourselves as, uh, as, as the main character in the story. Everything that happens in this world, it seems to revolve around you. Everything that happens on the job, it is always seen from our first-person shooter view. Man, It's all seen from that first place where we are looking out and all we see is the world that is happening. And it all comes back through our eyes and it rattles around in our brain and we see it based on what we are experiencing. We see it from our vantage point. Everything that happens on the job, it has something to do with me, even though in all reality it has nothing to do with you. We see it, and we think to ourselves, it's so fast and so mechanical. We think, how does this affect me? We don't think about it in terms that, uh, you know, when somebody's talking or they're saying something, those that live in this sphere of of just living in the first person, they always think uh, a bit about life as if everybody that's talking is talking about them. That everybody that's got a a thought, they're thinking about you. But the truth is, the only one thinking about you is you and Jesus. Hallelujah. Because if we were to be honest, people, they have so many other things going on. You know who the, the person that has done you wrong, you know who they're thinking about? Themselves. You know who you're thinking about? Yourself and the person that wronged you. Amen. In fact, many times offense happens and, 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 and issues happen because somebody does it. They're so in their own world they don't realize they did it and they move on with life. But the person that's been offended, they only see it from the lens of what has been done against them. And they can't move beyond it. The other person's already gone and, and moved on. So in our flesh, we love the idea of, uh, of an eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. But that is not what the law is saying. The law is actually limiting the retaliation. Because if we were to be honest, we don't believe uh, in, in getting even. We believe in getting a little above, be, a little bit above getting even. Amen. We like to, you know, have the last word. Well, I'll be up here by myself. Amen. Maybe I'm the only one that likes the last word. I like the last word. It feels good. You one to them. Come on. Well, we're going to talk about lying next week. Because everybody likes it. If we we're to be honest, in our flesh, man, I, I love to have the advantage. I love to have the final say. I love to let people know that I've got one over on them. And that whatever they did to me, I could do twice as much to them. I love the feeling, man, can I be honest, I love the feeling of being in power. Amen. I don't like the feeling of, that, that I have been down and I am below and somebody else has power over me. I love that feeling that revenge gets me where I can now say what I really think and do what I really want to do and nothing is hindering me and nothing is inhibiting me. I just let it out. You poked out my eye. I'm coming back not for one, but I'm coming for both of yours. Amen. If we were to be honest, there's some folks at BC, you are not a very nice person. Some of you 80 are not very nice people. No, I'm kidding. I'm pre- <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm having fun. But, you know, there's some people before Christ, amen, we wouldn't want to meet you in a dark alley. That's why you need to be careful who you just, well, be careful what you say to people. You just think that they're just good old church folk, but they've got two fists just like you. Hallelujah. And, uh... You don't know where God was when somebody when God found them, and you also don't know how they're at or where they're at in the process. So uh, be careful. The Bible says, "Lay hands suddenly on no man." Amen. Don't don't think that you're going to just. Uh, push people around and always get it right because as much as I'd like to tell you this is how everybody is, this is not how most of us are. Most of us are not living this scripture. Amen. Most of us are living in the eye for eye, tooth for tooth, amen, mentality. But amen, what the law was saying is the law was saying that there has to be a limit on this. If they took your eye, you can't go kill them. Amen. I know that this seems so extreme, and that's why Jesus is about to bring it back to something we can all understand, because very few of us are missing an eye. Very few of us are missing, amen, uh, uh, something that we rely on every day. But Jesus brings it back down and says it this way, I say unto you, whosoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other. Very few of us, I don't think not one person, everybody's got two eyes and they're blinking at me. Everybody in this room's got two eyes and they could tell me they don't know what it is to have somebody take their eye. But everybody in this room uh, at one point or another knows what it's like to be slugged, to be hit, or to be slapped, whether it was on the playground, whether it was at home with your parents, uh, amen, or by somebody that you should have uh, had some trust in. Everybody knows what it is, uh, amen, to be slapped or to be hit. uh, Amen, in fact, uh, slapping is one of the most offensive things you can ever do to an individual here Jesus is presenting the fullness of the eye for eye law and how its idea of limiting revenge extends beyond just the extreme and it extends into even the certain evils that are even propagated against oneself even the little things Jesus is saying this is not just the big deal this is the little deal okay let's bring it down to where we all live they said something about you now, nobody physically hits you, but have you ever had somebody lie about you? Maybe you haven't, but I have. I seem to think I'm a pretty nice guy till I hear about what my haters have to say. And then I find out real quick that, that there's a different narrative going on about what people think about me. I, I try to be loving, and I find out that apparently I wasn't nice enough. And so those lies and, and those things that people say, it's, it's as if there is a knife being put into your back. And it is as if there is physical pain that is being caused. And you know that it wasn't right. You know that it wasn't true. And so what's the first instinct that comes to you? It's the same instinct that happens when somebody slaps you. It's to turn, ball your fist up and swing back. Uh, It's a knee-jerk reaction. It's what you want to do in your humanity, amen. I know we all want to look pious here tonight, suit and tie on, Uh, amen. But if you were to be hit today, the first reaction is where you want to just rear back and hit them back. Uh, When somebody lies about you, you want to go tell people what you really know about the other person. Uh, You don't want to lie back. You want to tell the truth you do know. Uh, You don't want to just, amen, gossip about the other individual. You want the whole world to know what kind of person they really are. You want to discredit the individual. You want to get back at the individual. You want to take something they told you in confidence, uh, amen, now that you're not friends anymore and you're fighting, you want to take that very thing and expose it to the world uh, just so they feel terrible about the little thing they did to you. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. problem with that is that when we get that circle of hurt going, it never stops when a person insults us it's as if they're slight they're slapping us on the right cheek they lie about us when they do something let me just say this for a moment we give some people too much credit people know exactly what they're doing hallelujah there's some people that well they didn't really mean no they they know what they were doing every so often there's people that didn't know what they were doing but but by and large people are in control of their own lives they know exactly what they were doing When they said that, they knew exactly what they were doing. When they lied about you, they knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, When they came against you, they knew exactly what they were doing. But does that intent change your response? No. Whether they meant to or did not mean to, the response should still be the same. We want to give them back what they gave to us, but we don't want to just give back what they gave to us. We want to do a plus more. We want to add a little bit. Jesus said instead of giving back what they gave to us or instead of giving back more than they gave to us, Jesus said that what we should do, what is the ideal? Because in our heart, we want to fight back. Uh, In our heart, we want to talk back. Uh, In our heart, we want to use every bit of ammunition we can against the other individual. But Jesus is telling us, uh, amen, that in our Christian heart, uh, we should patiently bear such insults, such offenses, and we should not resist the evil person uh, that insults us in this way. There are two levels under the law. Level one is the bronze rule. You know what the bronze rule is? Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. This is retaliation. This is revenge. This is they did it to me. I'm going to get back at them at their level or more. That's the bronze rule. That's where our world lives. Our world lives in revenge mode. Our world lives in retaliation mode. Amen. You you go, to, you go out there in the world every day. You work with these people. Amen. I work with these people. We know what it is. People love revenge. They love the feeling it gives them. And so they live under this rule of retaliation and revenge. But let me just talk for a moment. Amen. Under that same law, there was something. Something called restitution. Amen. We like to talk about Amen everything that's been wronged against us, but there are times when we were the ones that did the wrong. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it for a moment. For all those that want to hear what I'm talking about and say, Yeah, preacher, preach it. Amen. They wronged me and they did bad. And I wish I could get them, but all right, Pastor, I'll be a good Christian. Let's talk about the other side of the coin. When you were the one that did the wrong, when you were the one that said what you said, when you were the one uh, that stood in opposition when you shouldn't uh, when you are the one that slapped on one cheek if you will whether it's literally or proverbially the bible's got something to say for you Uh, if a thief steals he doesn't just give back uh, amen what he took Uh, the bible says if he steals he gives back five times let me help somebody that has been on this side uh, of doing wrong. Uh, you want everybody to live up to this scripture that says uh, you've got to turn the other cheek. I've heard people say it. Well, they've just got to be a Christian about it. Uh, the true story is you should have been a Christian about it and never did it in the first place. Uh, and if we're going to hold them to one scripture, we got to hold you to another. Well, they should just forgive me. You're right, but they may not. And what do you do when, when you've wronged somebody, you've done something wrong? I'll tell you what you do. You go to the opposite extreme. As much as you wrong the individual, you go as far as you can in the other direction to try to make it right. If you trespass, you make it right. You do everything in your power to make it right. Hey, listen, we love to be the one that's been the one that's been victimized. Uh, amen. But what happens when you're the one that is the perpetrator and the victimizer? You offended somebody, and you want to say, well, it's no big deal. It's no big deal to you, but it's a big deal to them. And you got away with it. You think you got away with it, but now you're not moving forward. I'll tell you what the Bible says. Uh, If you offend somebody, you need to go to that person, and you need to make it right. You know what the Bible says? If you come to the altar and you've offended somebody, leave your gift at the altar. Your prayers are not happening right now. You need to leave the altar, go find your brother, and be reconciled together with your brother. Before we talk about, amen, people that want revenge, let's talk about the person that that is on the other side of this, the one that needs, amen, to realize that they've got some restitution to pay. Amen. In God's kingdom, when you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. Amen. Thank God for that. Anybody thankful for that? In God's kingdom, God forgives you. In an ideal kingdom of God, people would forgive you immediately. I wish that was the case, but it's not always the case because people are in process. So there's this other side. What do you do? You have to make it right. I always put it this way. You know what restitution is like? Amen. Amen. And and uh, and 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 looking at it through the lens of uh, of of payback, if you will, paying back what you've done wrong, it's like you going out and committing murder, and then praying for God to forgive you. You do get forgiveness from God immediately, but you're still going to jail. Amen. Some folks complaining that they're in people jail. Amen. They're in jail. Uh, in the church. They're in jail in their marriage. They're in jail in their relationships. Amen. And they've said, I'm sorry, a thousand times, but they've not made it right. And they wonder why they're still in jail because in the human system, living under the bronze rule, there's still restitution that has to be made. Amen. So what do you do? You go and make it right. What, well, I don't think it's fair what they're asking to make it right. You ask them, what's it going to take to make this right? And you go, and you be the humble Christian that you are. And whatever they say, huh, you go and you do the best that you can. Because it's fulfilling the other side. If they ask you to go one mile, you go two. Uh, What's happening? Uh, There's two sides to this. Uh, There's revenge and there's restitution. Uh, There's revenge uh, where you say, I'm not going to get revenge. Uh, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to turn the other cheek. But then there's the other side. Uh, You've done wrong. They tell you go one mile. You say, I'm not just going one. I'm going two. If they sue you at the law, what does that mean? You did something wrong. You're going to court. You don't just give them what they asked for. You give them your coat as well. You say, I'll do whatever it takes to make it right. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Hallelujah. praise. God, the bronze rule is retaliation and revenge. Here's the silver rule. Just don't retaliate. Don't get revenge. Because if you can't forgive, at least don't get revenge. Do nothing. Doing nothing is better than doing something wrong. It's a human want to fight back, to give back a good measure of what you have received. But God is asking us to go beyond our base nature. For those that say, well, Christianity is for sissies. Well, good luck turning the other cheek. Good luck going two miles when you only had to go one. Good luck going above and beyond. Because last time I checked, that's one of the most difficult things for us to do. Good thing guarding your tongue when you want to just let them have it. Good, t- good good, luck on that for the, the person that's not a Christian. I'll tell you what. For the Christian that is trying and striving to hold their tongue. Uh, for the Christian that is striving uh, to go the extra mile. For the Christian that is looking to make it right. Uh, even if the person uh, even could care less whether you make it right. Uh, even that individual is going to receive a crown in glory. Uh, that individual has risen above their base nature. Uh, even that individual has gone to another level in their life. Uh, another level of their marriage, uh, another level on the job. Uh, Amen. I want to tell you that's how you get promoted in life. Uh, Amen. Job uh, got a promotion when he prayed for the friends that falsely accused him. Amen. I, I, I just know I'm about to go to another level when people start lying about me. I know the church is about to go to another level when people start hating on the church. Uh, why? Because we're about to pray for the people that have done us wrong. Uh, we're about to forgive the people that have done us wrong. And God can't help but elevate people like that. God can't And I preach to somebody, your marriage will go to another level. If you stop the circle of hurt, if you make it up in your mind, uh, we're not going that direction any longer. Uh, We're going to work this out. Your relationship with your family, your relationship with your extended family, your relationship with your weird uncle are about to go to another level. When you say, I won't just uh, not retaliate, but I'll go to the next level. I'll forgive you. I'll stop. You want to get back at me and get even, I'm done getting even. You can keep throwing spears, throwing spears like Saul did to David, but I won't pick one out of the wall and throw it back. Oh, Somebody I to lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, I hope to help build somebody's life here tonight. I'm trying to build strong people, amen, strong Christians. Uh, amen, I'm, I don't want to just build strong people. I want to build good people, uh, amen. I want to build good people that love God, that love one another, that love their enemies. Uh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let this get in your heart. Come on, God, revenge is already in your heart. It's already working. But you need to let the love of God work a little harder. You need to just say, God, whatever it takes for me to forgive who has wronged me. God, whatever it takes for me to let it go, to stop going after it, to to stop trying to get even, to stop trying to get revenge. If I can just stop the circle, amen, God, I'm doing better than I was last week. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is introducing to us ways to go above and beyond. The next one is the golden rule. Jesus put it this way. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Notice the difference between the bronze, the silver, and the gold rule. Both are reactive. The first two are reactive. They poked out your eye. You have two options. Poke out their eye or do nothing right? They're reactive. It has happened to me. So therefore, I'm going to do this to them or I'm not going to do this to them. But when Jesus introduced the golden rule to forgive, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, he is introducing a proactive gospel. Hallelujah. We are not just reactionary. Amen. We are proactive. I'm not just waiting on somebody to wrong me to have the right response. I'm trying to develop the right response before you ever wrong me. Somebody needs an escape hatch. Somebody needs a little a little line that they pull on their parachute. Amen. It's that last line you pull. Amen. And it's not the revenge line. It's not the do nothing line. It's that whenever I'm wronged, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be Proactive. Amen. Church, you want to go to another level as an individual? This is something I am working on. This is something we all should be working on. We need to be willing to be proactive, proactive in our marriage, proactive with our kids, proactive at the job, proactive with the people we know don't like us, Uh, proactive uh, amen, with the individuals that offend us or proactive with the individuals that we know are offended by us. Hallelujah, because this goes both ways. In other words, if you're going to be proactive, you have to have a response. And what is the response? The response should always be this word, pity. I've learned, Brother Diaz, I've learned to pity people that have done me wrong. Now, I'm not there all the way. That is still that human. I still, Hood is not just a last name. It's a lifestyle. So it's still there. It's still there. But I've been wrong. I mean, I know what it is to have uh, people lie and and say all sorts of mean things and, and really undermine and stab my wife and I in the back. I know what it is. I know how it feels when you're trying to do good to people, and they, it's it's like you're trying to feed amen, a stray dog, and they bite you. They don't realize you're trying to help them, and they hurt you. I know what it is to be bleeding and still trying to help. But I've done my best, and I'm still doing my best, to develop, uh, amen, the art of pity. Uh, the art that says, uh, oh, how sad uh, it must be uh, for you to feel like you got to bite everybody uh, that's trying to help you. Uh, oh, how difficult your life must have been uh, when your first response uh, is to try to attack uh, when somebody's trying to help. Uh, amen. I want to help somebody here today. Uh, we need to pray pity back. Uh, I'm not talking about bad pity uh, where we look down on people. I'm talking about the kind of pity where we look and say, oh, know what has happened we get out of our first person shoes and we get into their shoes we're being proactive what kind of hell have they had to go through to try to treat me like that what does that look like at a perfect ideal level Jesus is on the cross they're crucifying him he's got nails through his hands and his feet there's blood running into his eyes from the crown of thorns and he looks down on people that are spitting on him that have laughed at him that have beat him and he says, Father, forgive them because I got to look in their shoes uh, and they don't even know what they're doing. You want to know what Christianity is really like? Amen. When somebody has pierced you uh, and they put you up on a cross as a spectacle, uh, amen. It may not happen anymore in the physical, but it sure happens a lot in the emotional. It sure happens a lot in the spiritual. And they pierce through you, uh, amen. But it's time, uh, amen. If you can't leave your cross, uh, maybe in your heart you can leave your cross uh, and get down in their shoes uh, and develop a little bit of pity, uh, amen. I've just, uh, I just have to ask questions uh, before I react, uh, amen. What are they, what have they gone through this week? Uh, I don't know what kind of week they've had. Uh, maybe they're just Having a bad day. I'm not excusing their wrong, but what I'm trying to do is develop a Christian heart that says I can forgive. I can forgive them. Oh, somebody, I'll lift up your hands and pray. I'm almost done, but I think we need to pray right here. Because there's people you you can you have struggled to forgive other people because all you can see is from your vantage point uh, and they've done you wrong and you're right, uh, they did do you wrong, uh, but it's time to get proactive, uh, it's time to get some pity in your heart. Uh, God's pitiful, God's got pity for us. Uh, we ought to have pity for other people. Somebody pray. Come on. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you would want mercy, if you were in their shoes, would you give them mercy today? If you'd want them to forgive you, if you were the one that do it, why don't you forgive them today? If you want them to let it go, amen, if you were in their shoes, would you let it go today? I want you to know I am not talking about what is easy. Not one of these sermons and series am I talking about what is easy. I am talking about what is right. Because let me tell you, this is the most difficult thing I have ever had to do. I'll never forget, I was so angry at God, I was so angry at life, I I, 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 I I, have to believe, I've done it before, just, you know that feeling where you just shake your fist at heaven, maybe the pastor's the only one that's ever done that, because I'm spiritual, um, hallelujah, I've just done that, and I've thought, why me, anybody ever felt that way, and I remember looking back on my life, thinking about all the wrongs my family had done, It wasn't just what they propagated against me. It's what the opportunities they never granted me because their drug addictions and because of their other addictions and because of their love of self. And I just, I got so angry. How dare they? Something I had struggled with for, for, for years and years and years. I just remember just telling God how angry I was that he let me be in that position and how angry I was that they put me in that position and it was a pit. I didn't put myself in. Somebody else threw me there. It's not my fault and how dare they? And I know I'm the only one that's ever prayed that and ever got angry like that. And I know I'm the only one that will ever say that in church. Amen. But I remember just being so angry. Amen. And it was in that moment the Holy Ghost checked me. And God started reminding me of stories my parents had told me when they were kids. How my mother was kicked out at, at, at 10 years old, had to sleep on the concrete. Amen. It started reminding me of the fact that when my dad was 10 years old, his dad walked out on him, left him to deal with his mother with cancer. Amen. I, I just started thinking, and I thought, no, God, I don't want to, you know, be real. I was being real spiritual. I don't want to talk about that right now. We're not talking about them, we're talking about me. We're not talking about their shoes. We're talking about my shoes. Uh, we're not talking about where they've been. We're talking about where I've been. Uh, and, and God, I, I want you to get them. And I, I, I don't, you know, I, I was just thinking to myself, this is not right. And God just kept revealing and reminding me of things. And you know what happened for the first time in my life? God was developing a proactive pity. And I thought, you know, God, and God started speaking. He said, was that fair for them? Now, God's not excusing what they've done wrong. But God is challenging me. I'm the one that's filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm the one that's baptized in Jesus' name. I'm the one that's being led by spirit and truth. Don't let your sinner family member or your sinner friend out-Christian you. Don't let your lost loved one be a better person than God has called you to be. Don't let them be more forgiving. Don't let them be more long-suffering. Then God has given you the Holy Ghost to me. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to pray. Somebody ought to give God praise. Uh, hallelujah. God's calling you and I to have pity. God's calling you and I to be willing to go an extra mile. God's calling you and I. He's not calling the world to do that. He's not calling your lost loved one to do that. He's not calling the sinner to do that. He's calling the saint. Oh, somebody pray. In fact, let's stand across the building. Lift up our hands. Hallelujah! Come on, somebody pray. Come on, there's people right now. You've been so, res- you've been so resentful towards other people. You've been so unwilling to forgive because of how wrong it was, and you're right, it was wrong. It was wrong. But that doesn't change anything. It being wrong doesn't change anything. It doesn't change how you feel about it. It doesn't change what has happened because of it. It's still wrong and nothing changes. But if you make it up in your mind, with the help of God, I'm going to forgive this person. With the help of God, I'm going to go to that next level and I'm going to have pity on them. You know, it's a sad world out there. Person that cuts you off in traffic. What's your first thought? They flip you off, cut you off. I know I'm not the only one that's had that happen this week. I'm kind of a grandpa driver, so praise God. I'd rather arrive alive. Hallelujah. (laughs) And so, but I've had that happen. What's your first thought? Moron. Yeah, that's what you want to say. Man, let there be some proactive. Man, they must be on, they must be late to work. <laughs> they must have had a fight with their spouse on the way. You know, when you go through the drive-thru, you go through the spot. My wife always makes fun of me for this, but I They were real rude to me. And I'm like, man, I want to say something, but I go to, I do my best to go to the fourth level. Everybody say platinum rule. Bless those that curse you. Overcome evil with good. You know when they give you terrible service at Applebee's? Now we don't got that because we got great service at Applebee's. They're going to get saved here soon. They're going to have to stop working on Wednesday nights. We'll get some new servers. Do you know why why they love us? Because even on their bad nights, even on their worst service, People be tipping well. Praise God. Somebody said tip well. But those moments where I just, ugh, I want to. I don't remind myself, you're a pastor. <laughs> you're a man of God. I don't even think about me. I start immediately. Why? It's not because I'm perfect. I, I'm this a work in progress. I put myself in their shoes. How tough of a day has it been for them? How hard is their life? Listen, you want to be mad at the the McDonald's worker? They're making minimum wage. At least they showed up to work today. (laughs) Be nice to them. Amen. That's for free. God bless you, McDonald's worker. Amen. I I know this is real practical. I know you want me to be real spiritual at the end of this, but you know the next level? Bless those that curse you. Not all of them are cursing you. Some are just treating you real bad. You know what's happening? People. People are getting shot with rubber bullets, and they're so hard, they're just bouncing it off at the first person they see. And you might get the full brunt of all of their angst and all their anger, and you don't even know what it was for. You just asked for cheese on the side. You get the brunt of all their anger, and you've had a hard day. Now, this is where it gets real tough. You've had a rough life. You've had a lot of things going this is where you go, okay, God, I'm turning on, I'm turning on my Christianity. <laughs> you should never turn it off. But, hey, praise God, sometimes you got to kick an overdrive. Uh, and you just say, God, I'm going to bless them. Luke, Luke 6, 27, similar portion of what Jesus talked about. But I say unto you, which hear, that's the key right there, I preach tonight, but not everybody heard me. I said a lot of good things, a lot of right things, a lot of hard things. But not everybody heard me. You listen audibly, you didn't hear me? But some in this house you heard, you heard. Love your. I ain't got no enemies. I just got friends that haven't become my friends yet. Love your enemies. Do. Ooh, got a cringe right here. Good to them which hate you. Now, I ain't got nobody that hates me. They just don't know that got to love me yet. I'm just kidding. i got got a lot of haters out there. So let me read this the way we read it. Love your enemies and do good to them which hate you so that they will no longer hate you and they will no longer uh, be mean to you and they will no longer be your enemy because everything's going to turn around because you are good to them. Wouldn't that be awesome if that's what that verse read? No, no, no. Let me read it the right way. Love your enemies even when they have no intention of being anything but your enemy. Do good to them that hate you, even though all they're ever going to do after you've done good to them is still hate you. You'll do nice things for them, and they'll still hate you. You'll be there for them when they really need it, and then when you need it, they don't care anyways. They didn't care before. They're still going to hate you. Bless them that curse you. Don't don't think curses are just an Old Testament word. There's people that they haven't dropped a four-letter word, but they have cursed your name. They don't like you. When they think of you, they cringe. And... Pray for them which despitefully use you. That hurts. Anybody ever felt used? I ought to see 100% up in the air. If you haven't, we'll find somebody for you. (laughs) Praise God. We will. If you haven't had it happen yet, it will. Listen, there's a difference between when you do something for somebody you love and you do something with somebody, right? It's a mutual agreement. Do you know how this works when you're being despitefully used? They hate you. They curse you. They're your enemies, but you got something they want. And they're going to get through manipulation or whatever means. They're going to take the good you're willing to give, and they're going to get it from you. And they're still going to hate you, still be your enemy, and still not care about if you live or die. The Bible says bless them. Bless them. Tip them well. Wish them a good day. Tell them you're going to pray for them. And not, let me just say this, not, I'm gonna pray for you and pray their breaks go out. That's not the prayer I'm talking about. <laughs> pray for them. Now I'll pray for you and then never pray for them. No, no, no. Hey, what's going on in your world? I really believe this right here would would churn would turn this city upside down. And it already is. Because I I know what it is. We've done this before. We go, we'll use out because that's fun. We'll go to Applebee's, and other church groups will go to Applebee's, and the servers will cringe that the other church group walked in. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've seen that, because they know, ain't no mercy, no forgiveness, they ain't gonna be treating them right. And then the church walks in. I'm talking about the church, the church, not not a not a religious group. The church walks in. Hey, how you doing? What's happening? Immediately they're giving us hugs, high fives. Because they know it doesn't matter how bad the night was, it just got better. Everywhere ARC goes, we make it better. Every job you're on, you make it better. Every place you go, you make it better. Every person that hates you, you make the place better. Every person that uses you and looks down on you, what do you do? You walk in and you change the atmosphere and you make it better. Read one more, I'll read one more verse. Romans 12, 14 through 21. Bless them which persecute you. Amen. You'd be shocked how many people persecute you because you are a Christian, because of the stance you take. Amen. In fact, they persecute you because they want to be like you, but they don't have the guts to do it. Bless and curse not. Hold that curse in. Amen. Instead of let a blessing go out. Amen. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. You know, we read this all the time in church. For church people. But read it in context. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that rejoice. What happens when the person that's done you so wrong gets a raise? The boss that hates your guts gets promoted. Hallelujah. The ex that dis- destroyed your life gets remarried to somebody better looking than you. <laughs> Just living in the 21st century here. Rejoice with them that rejoice. test of Christianity, can you shout even if it's not your blessing? How about this? Weep with them that weep. Do you secretly just "Mm, got it. God got them again. (laughs) I've done that before. (laughs) That was not a Christian act. (laughs) You know, they're weeping. They're crying. You're like, yes, finally there's some justice in this world. I'm the only one that i ever talk about. that. I'm the most real pastor I know, even because everybody else is way more professional than I am. I, I always joke with people. I'm just a saint that they let preach. Hallelujah. And so I've done that before. I've just, yes, they finally got it. But there's been those moments where it's broke my heart that even after they've cursed me and done wrong, nobody deserves to go through Cancer. nobody deserves to lose a child nobody nobody deserves it. that's where that proactive pity comes in be of the same mind one toward another mind not high things but condescend don't be condescending condescend which means go down to their level to low estate where they're at be not wise in your own casino don't be like job's friends don't tell them what they could have done better you're in this position because you did this to yourself because you blessed because you cursed me no that's not what it says recompense. To no man evil for evil. Ooh, that's tough. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And here's the clincher right here. If it is possible, as much as lies within you, it's not dependent on the other person's cursing you, hating you, despising you, despitefully using you. If it's possible, as much as God has put inside of you, live peaceably with all men. Don't be a brawler. Don't be one that's looking for a fight. Don't be looking for one that's looking for revenge. God has given you the Holy Ghost. Use it. Dearly beloved, here we go. This is a tough one. Avenge not yourself. Anybody like to be in their own defense? Don't avenge yourself. But rather give place unto wrath. What do you do with wrath? You're angry. We talked about anger before. You give it to Jesus. You have every right to hold on to it. You would be within your human right to hold on to it. But your Christian responsibility is to take that wrath, put it in the hands of God. Say, Lord, I'm I'm not just getting rid of it. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. That's the part everybody shouts on. But you ever thought about it? Read it in context. Vengeance is mine, say the Lord, I will repay. Saith the Lord, therefore, well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. How does vengeance and God repaying connect? How does God repay? They're sick and they're dying now. Ha, God got them. That's not how God works. If your enemy hunger, feed them. How does God get vengeance? Through you. Through your actions of loving them. When they don't deserve it. If they thirst, give him to drink. For in doing so, you want to know what vengeance really looks like in God's kingdom? Right here. In doing so, you will heap coals of fire, not literal, on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. When you make the decision, Vengeance is the Lord. He will repay. But if you want to know where repayment comes from, you look at Him. It comes from me. And how does God repay those that have cursed and those that have hurt? That doesn't mean life doesn't happen to some people. That means that there's a moment they're in the hospital, they've done you wrong, and you send flowers to the hospital, thinking about you, praying for you. They have a need. They need you to go one mile, but you say, no, I'm not just going one. I'm going to go two. They're even suing you. That's a tough one because people sue in America. It's all they do. You can't get rich off anything, working hard. You just got to sue somebody. So they sue you. After they're done suing you, what are you going to do? Hate them forever. No, I'm not going to be overcome with evil. I'm going to love them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to wish them well. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on. They've wronged you and now they're asking to borrow something from you? After all you've done wrong to me? You don't deserve it. It's not an, it's not about deserving. It's not about worth. It's about what's right. If you want vengeance to come, it's going to come because you say I will not be overcome with evil. I will overcome evil with good as much as you've wronged me. Amen. I'm going to go to the other extreme and I'm going to be the best Christian that I can be. I'm going to show you the most love. Amen. Where you owed me, I'm going to pay you restitution. Amen. Where you did me wrong, I'm going to do you right. Where you offended me, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to move on. And I'm going to do everything in my power. Amen to win you over. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on. God's called you to change the atmosphere. In your home, in your family, at your job. God's calling you. Amen. If you give that wrath to God, if you give that anger to God, uh, if you say, Lord, I'm done being angry about this. I'm, I'm done, amen, letting this eat me up on the inside. God, I'm done, amen, feeling like i got to get even. Amen, God, I'm done feeling like i got to take revenge. God, I'm done feeling like they hold me even though they're never going to pay me. God, amen, I'm going to forgive. And in fact, I'm going to go above and beyond that. I'm going to pray to the place where I can overcome evil with the amount of good that you put in my life Lord you so blessed me I'm going to bless them that curse me I'm going to you so love me I'm going to love those that hate my guts amen God you so been good to me Lord that I'm going to take the good that you put in my life and God I'm going to just shell it out in every avenue of the people that are spitefully use me God you've gifted me so I'm going to take those gifts and use them for people amen that don't care at all whether I live or die I want to be like Jesus Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. In fact, I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to the front? This is something every one of us could pray about. Come on. For every person that's ever wanted to get even, this is a great place to pray. For everybody that feels like somebody owes you something, it's a great place to pray. For everybody that's ever been through, amen, heartache and heartbreak, and they did you wrong, this is a great opportunity to pray. You're right. They did you wrong. You're right. They hate you. You're right. They're your enemy. You're right. But, baby, you can change the narrative for a moment, and instead of thinking about them as your enemy, you start viewing yourself as not being their enemy. Come on. I'm not your enemy. You might be my enemy, but I'm not your enemy. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to believe the best for you. I'm going to rejoice when you get that raise. I'm going to rejoice when you get that promotion. Uh, Amen. I'm going to bless you even though everything in my flesh says do the opposite. Uh, I'm going to love you even though uh, you've not shown me an ounce of love uh, because that's what I do uh, with the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. This is a matter of everybody's heart. This is a matter of everybody's heart. God, amen. Vengeance belongs to you. I'm taking it out of my hand. I'm going to bless them. God, that's what's in my hand. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a little extra this time. Oh, God, if they take an inch, I'm giving them a mile.
1: To be like him. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus.
0: Come on, that's it. Somebody keep praying for a moment. Come on, we're dealing with some real stuff. Some of you have been really wronged and really cursed and really hated. But, God, I'm praying right now by the authority of the name of Jesus, that Holy Ghost on the inside of you is going to start working. It's going to start working to forgive. It's going to start working to pray. It's going to start working to be proactively having pity. you keep praying for just a moment. But if you're praying, I want you to listen. When we forgive, we are not just releasing the other person. They've moved on, probably haven't thought about what they've done. We are releasing ourselves. Bitterness and resentment are a punishment we give ourselves for somebody else's misdeeds. Oh, how sad it is. Because somebody did you wrong for you to become sour. I've met people like that. That's where the word senile comes around. Nobody comes to visit anymore. Start getting angry and bitter. Takes the most sweet cookie bacon grandma. Makes her the most sour, bitter individual. What happened? Somewhere, the chain... A forgiveness was broken, which in the world it makes sense, but in the church, God help us. God help us, because we need to learn. It's not something the preacher's telling you because he's got it figured out. Telling you this is something I have to work on. I've had a lot of things in my life I've had to forgive, and I still am forgiving. This is a work in progress. But if you will forgive, if you will let it go, God will take you to that next level. Will you start? Pitying and praying and blessing. And all of a sudden, you ever met somebody? We've met the senile mean, call them the old codger. <laughs> Lives down the street. Doesn't want to talk to nobody. But you ever met the opposite? They're just sweetest. You think they've never been through anything. And then you start hearing their story. And you think, how did this cookie-baking grandmother come from that. Who else but Jesus? Who else but Jesus? When people hear your story, there's people all across the house. If we we took time, we might one day pass the mic around. Everything you've been through and yet you go to work with a smile and the boss still yells at you and you still smile. I'll never forget, I, I said this, I had a boss used to throw swing line staplers at us. Totally illegal. The guy got fired, but that's that's in here or there. Uh, you know, he but he just, he, he was not a very good person. And, and I wanted to let him have it a couple times, but the Holy Ghost that causes you to speak in tongues will also cause you to hold your tongue. That's for free. Hallelujah. <laughs> Speaking in tongues and holding your tongue. Hallelujah. And I just, no, I'm not going to. And every time he did that, you know, some days I just bring him donuts. He wouldn't even pay me enough for donuts, but I brought him them donuts. What was I doing? I was trying to change the atmosphere. Because you don't control me, I control this atmosphere. You don't have the Holy Ghost, I have the Holy Ghost. And if anybody's going to be in charge, you put Joseph in the prison, he'll be running the prison. I just kept showing up and then. Eventually, I started getting invited to the office. Well, you know, hey, I was uh, watching a documentary about the Ark of the Covenant the other day, and you know, the other guy out there, he says he's a Christian, but he's dropping F bombs all the time, and he told me this is out of his own mouth. He's always, and I always thought that that's not how a Christian should be. And I've not heard one time anything come out of your mouth. Now, that didn't mean I didn't have bad days. I had bad days, but in his sinner mind. Not one thing that would incriminate me against Jesus. So he started asking me questions like Nicodemus. Now anybody come to the door, they knock. Go away, we're in a meeting. We weren't talking about work. We weren't talking about nothing. And I got to teach him a Bible study. Last, last time I checked, his wife's brother-in-law has been going to the church for the last year. So God's still connecting things. And he said that if I'm going to go to church, I'm going to your church. If I'm going to be a Christian, I want to be one like you. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. Listen, I got a lot of bad stories I could tell you too, but uh, we'll just stick with the good one. What would happen if we let this get into our bones and we let it become in, in who we are as a people? And everywhere we go, they know those are the most forgiving people. Those are the most loving people. I, I had a bad day, and they didn't hold it against me. I was having a tough time, and they prayed for me. When, when I was going through it, they were there for me. I want to tell you what happened. There will be people that start looking this direction. Uh, I want to tell you, God is sending people all across this city, uh, and what you may not know is you are the vengeance of the Lord. And the vengeance of the Lord don't look the way we think it looks. It's you blessing. It's you loving. It's you forgiving. It's you feeding. It's you giving somebody something to drink. It's you paying for meals. It's you, Come on, it's you taking them out to coffee. It's you taking them out to lunch. It's you loving them. It'll forever change the atmosphere. Somebody lift up your hands one more time and let's pray. Come on. All across this house. Church, I am telling you what I want to be the DNA of our church. Amen. I'm telling you, this will change our church forever. Uh, Amen. This will change your life forever. This will change your home forever. This will change your your extended family forever. Uh, Hallelujah. They'll look towards you, uh, and they'll have nothing bad to say about you. Uh, They might lie about you. They might curse you. They might still hate you. They might still be your enemy. But if they were to be honest, they have nothing negative that they could say, and it be true. Uh, Somebody pray. Father, we love you. We thank you tonight we thank you for your word. I thank you for what you said. This is something we are all striving to live. It is not easy. And God, I'm praying that same Holy Ghost that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that same Holy Ghost that causes us to be a witness, I pray Lord that you'd let that Holy Ghost rise up in us every time somebody comes against us. And Lord, I pray that Holy Ghost that first our flesh wants to react and get revenge, God, that our Holy Ghost reaction and response would be to love, would be to bless, would be to forgive. I pray, Lord, that you'd put this deep down in our being. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Amen. Go from this house. Don't just pray in the altar. Go from this house and forgive somebody that's wronged you. In Jesus' name, God bless you.